the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. What a weekend. Oh, my, what a weekend. I'm sure you followed it. Again, it's Ed Martin. It's the Pro-America Report. Hey, this week we're going to do what we did last week or 10 days ago now almost. We're going to have Andrea Kay, and I will break down the debate. In this case, it's the vice presidential debate. We'll break it down together on... um, Wednesday, and you'll want to tune in for that right after the debate ends. Andrea Kay and I will jump in and we'll, we'll give our breakdown. So tune in there. Again, it's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and you can sign up for the daily wink. What you need to know, W-Y-N-K. It goes in your email box at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. I was up in Philadelphia this weekend on Sunday afternoon for a rally up there in uh, South South of Philadelphia, just a few uh, 10 blocks from uh, what used to be called Veterans Stadium. Now it's got some branded uh, stadium name. I forget who pays for it. PNC? No, it's not PNC Park. I don't know which one it is. It's where the Philadelphia Eagles play, and the right next door is Veterans Stadium where the Philadelphia Phillies play, and then in between the the uh, 76ers and the Flyers in their hockey and basketball arena. So anyways, big rally up there. I walk into the place. And I have a guy come up to me. I walk out of the rally. It's a big rally outside in Marconi Plaza. Uh, and I meet a dude and he says, hey, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, your name's Ed Martin. Oh, yeah. I get your email. I get the wink every morning. I said, oh, great. I said, I don't think I've ever met you before. He said, no, no I got put onto your thing. I, I love getting it. Really helpful. So there you have it. The wink uh, over at ProAmericaReport.com. And also follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. You'll often see a preview early in the day around 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, 2 o'clock East Coast time. I jump on Periscope and test out and preview some of the topics that we'll cover. Today, I've got two things that you need to know. Number one is about the president of the United States and how his diagnosis and hopefully recovery is a game changer for the election. And actually, it's a game changer for the future of the country. I'll tell you about that. But before we get to that, I do want to tell you one more thing. The news broke over the weekend that Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania decided not to run for reelection in 2022. He's a senator, U.S. senator, decided he announced he's not going to run for governor. He's not going to run for reelection to the U.S. Senate. He's just going to quit, I guess. Now, uh, uh, Senator Toomey, Pat Toomey, was a businessman. And then he was the head of the Club for Growth, and he tended to occupy a space politically that I would describe as kind of libertarian establishment Republican, meaning he likes tax cuts, he likes open borders generally, he doesn't doesn't want to crack down on immigration, he likes the big Wall Street version of how the economy would work, so he has been crossways with President Trump a few times. In fact, President Trump, I think he called him a rhino and went off on him. But I don't care to uh, rehash uh, uh, Senator Pat Toomey's career. Um, You know, he served and he, he had some good votes. He had some bad ones. I will tell you this. His quitting right now 
He's got two plus years left, right? He's got two two years plus some. Um, his his term will end in January of 2023. So he's got two full years and three or four months. Why would he announce it now? Why would he announce it now? And here's my instinct. There's only a couple of reasons. One, it's the Paul Ryan move. Paul Ryan announced that he was not going to run for re-election as Speaker of the House. He wasn't going to run for re-election to his House seat. Because why? Because he didn't think he could win in 2018. Because he didn't want to run without the president on the ballot to carry in Republicans. And so he quit. And he was the greatest American quitter. One of the worst quitters we've ever had because of how he quit. I don't have if somebody doesn't want to run for reelection. That's on, on them. No one should be asked to stay in office forever or anything like that. But how he quit allowed others to quit with him and continued the narratives. I'm talking about Speaker Paul Ryan, that it was going to be impossible to hold the House. It turns out it was not possible, but I think it was partly contributed to by the kinds of people that quit. Very disappointing. I've been more than disappointed. I mean, it was really wrong. So Pat Toomey is, is quitting now to do what? One, he thinks that President Trump can't win. So he's listening to the New York Times tell him about polling, which is totally wrong. But also, here's my bet. I bet he's going to find a reason to distance himself from Trump and play for the longer view of his, I don't know, his positions. And I, by the way, let me be clear. I don't know the guy. So I'm not saying it's not his heartfelt positions. I just think it's not the positions the Republican Party should be. So that's not good news. That's not good news. On one level, it's kind of, again, no one should be made to run for office or run for reelection, but it's kind of selfish news. Why does he need to send that signal now? Why couldn't he wait for two months from now or even six weeks from now? So what is that? On the second one, though, is my fear is he's going to come out and pull a John Kasich or something like that and try to be someone who is uh, against the president in these last four weeks. I think that could be a factor here. We'll see. So I wish him well for a serving, but I'm not too happy about that timing of that. All right, let's go to the president, though. The president with the COVID disease over the weekend. Uh, hopefully at this says as we're, we're as we are all uh, uh, talking right now. The president seems to be recovering. That's a huge, uh, huge um, thing. Thank goodness. Uh, but it's still not out of the woods. It doesn't go away in three days. But it seems like he's on the right track. Uh, the word on the street is he's going to he's, um, you know, going to get better and better. Everybody's confident. We'll see. We'll see. But that is good news uh, in general. Here's the thing I want to tell you. Um, if you watch the president over the weekend, he uh, recorded two videos and uh, and he recorded two vis- vi- videos. And then he um, uh, also went out on that ride. He went out on a ride out into the uh, into the community to wave hi to people. Here's the thing I want you to know. He seemed vulnerable. He seemed weaker. I guess he was weaker. I mean, he is weaker. He seemed vulnerable and, and he seemed uh, almost nostalgic almost touched he's in his video he said something i'll never forget and then when he waved from the car his car and then when he went out to see the people who were supporting him i couldn't help but echo back remember when we saw the images of so many people and i had friends that they had a loved one in a nursing home or in an assisted living and you weren't allowed to visit them this is early on in the in the shutdown people would drive and wave to their their loved one you know from the windows because you couldn't see each other it felt like that it felt strangely um vulnerable and sort of almost sad and and here's the here's the thing about this the president's gone home today right he's gone home back to the white house so he's doing well enough he's feeling well enough but he has by dint of this experience actually become more vulnerable but also become more accessible 
uh, to people. You know, there's a reason why in campaigns, when you see a campaign, there'll often be an advertisement and certainly mail that shows the candidate with his wife or husband and their kids and their dog and all. You're trying to humanize the person. And the president has been somebody who's kind of tough to humanize. He's a rough, tough guy. He's a New Yorker, all that kind of stuff. And so this is a humanizing event. And remember what I teach you. It's not that you're trying to have all of the people that hate Trump suddenly like him. That's not how politics works. That's not how campaigns work. It's that on the edges of groups of people that care about an election, you want to try to change the, the dynamic. So you, if, if 50% of the, of the senior citizens are against you and 50% are for you, by having the disease and seeming vulnerable, will 5% take a new look? Because if you move 5% or 1% or 2%, it changes the whole race. If, for example, uh, that one of the things I think that they say about President Trump is he has a gap uh, uh, on the women vote, that they are like 40, excuse me, 54% to 46% towards Biden. Well, if women and, and, and lots of moms and grandmoms and others look it up and they say, oh, look at this vulnerable guy, and they take a separate, a new look, they think, oh, he's vulnerable. It could have a huge impact. My prediction is as long as he gets healthy and the tweet that announced that he was leading, leaving Walter Reed, he said um, that he's leaving Walter Reed and he, I feel better than I did 20 years ago. If he, if, he, if he comes back and has that strength and he sort of went down into the, the disease, it's going to have a huge impact. It's going to have a massive impact on what uh, people, how they look at him and the people that love him are going to feel, oh, even more touched by him. I'm not saying that. The people that hate him are going to do things like say they wish he died, which some of them did online. It's extraordinary. It's just a sad, tragic stuff. But a whole bunch of other people are going to look up and be like, well, I, I want to take a look at this guy. I, I want to feel a little differently about him. And here's a wrinkle that nobody's thought about what you need to know. What if Trump comes back to his White House and to his life feeling more... I don't know, humble or sounding more humble or sounding more vulnerable? What if he becomes kind of, uh, it takes some time to be out of his norm and his pattern and is kind of, uh, uh, kind of recovering and has a different attitude? Could happen. People are changed by facing their own mortality. Remember, it's only three months ago that his brother died, not from COVID, but from a, a fall and some serious head injury. And, and remember, he, there was a real estate developer friend of his who did get COVID and died from it. So President Trump probably had a lot of time to sit there away from his wife, away from his uh, uh, family and think about this. Right. It, it, no one escapes that. It's a big deal. What you need to know is it is a game changer. It's a bigger it's much bigger than an October surprise. It's a massive shift, a massive change. It made a huge it's going to make a huge difference uh, and change how people perceive him. You can take that to the bank. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a conversation with our old friend David Horowitz. David Horowitz will be with us, and then we'll get an update from Catherine Engelbrecht, too, and a lot more. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Looking forward to spending time with you. Don't forget, later this week, Wednesday night, we'll be doing the debate breakdown with Andrea Kay. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is our old friend. He's kind of like a co-host of the show now. He's on all the time. Is uh, David Horowitz. And David Horowitz, of course, is the best-selling author of about a, a hundred books. But the newest one, uh, which you have to get, is called Blitz. And uh, Blitz, uh, how, tr excuse me, Trump will smash the left and win. Uh, welcome back, David. How are you? I'm pretty good. 
So, David, I need to ask you again what I've asked you uh, every time I have you on these last few weeks. Um, we have this situation where the left is r- ramping up to uh, cause more chaos than ever, right? So they're getting ready. Uh, I was talking with General Mike Flynn earlier, to, uh, I guess it was on Friday, and he said, yeah, before the election, they'll ramp up the violence. They'll make the, uh, the, the chaos at the election. Then they'll extend it out afterwards. He's, and he said it's just going to be an absolute mess. Um, so that's Flynn. I mean, he's got a pretty good sense of things. I know you've said that they won't stop. What's your feeling now? Just over four weeks from the election, how? What are we headed towards? Is it a total chaos? They're gangsters. They're gangsters. And the closer yeah. you get to the election, the more you see it. Uh, including all of them wishing that Trump is dead. But uh, right. you know they're not going to open the schools. They're going to keep the businesses closed bankrupt people, as many people as possible. These are criminals. They lie. <laughs> Everything that Biden, Biden just makes it up. He copies, uh, you know, he's plagiarizing Trump's, everything Trump won on America first, bring natural manufacturing jobs back, all the things he didn't do when he was vice president, in fact, did in reverse, blames Trump for every coronavirus death, which is ludicrous, um, and on and on. And then he, he just lies yeah. about what Trump said or didn't say. And this thing about, I mean, he keeps repeating this stupid thing about very fine people on both sides. Trump denounced the white supremacists. By the way, the white supremacists, the head of the white supremacists in Charlottesville is Richard Spencer. And he's already endorsed yeah. Biden. He's endorsed Biden. <laughs> and what's wrong with the Trump people if they don't point that out? We might just run ass yeah. like that. So your chief white supremacist is endorsing Joe Biden. Uh, I, I, I did see that, and I think... Communists, Putin, right. uh, Iran, all of our enemies want Biden to win. But the uh, people on the left, I mean, there are obviously a lot of well-meaning people who vote Democrat, but they're, they're so consumed, and they've been so infected with this anti-Trump hatred that they can't see straight. And if they did see straight, they know that the worst thing they can do to America is to elect Kamala Harris president, which is what it would mean. Uh, we're talking with David Horowitz, uh, the best-selling author of Blitz. And uh, if you go to frontpagemag.com, frontpagemag.com, you'll see a lot of the uh, the work, including the a daily blog uh, by Daniel Greenfield, which is uh, Greenfield, which is very valuable. And you should go there. Um, and of course, Blitz: Trump will smash the left and win by David Horowitz, the bestseller. Um, so, David, what do you do in the next f- four weeks? What do people do? I, I, I mean, besides telling their friends what the truth is, what do they, they take to the well, streets to? Ba- our leaders. Ill. They got to make yeah. up the difference. We have to have people. I mean, this code of fraud is the biggest danger. Right. Democrats in front of the whole country are plotting to steal the election by opposing voter IDs. Now, how can any sane person oppose voter IDs? The argument is that poor black people are too stupid. This is the Democrat argument. Too stupid. To get a photo ID. Of, of course, you can't right. get welfare without a voter, without a photo ID. You can't get into the Democrat convention without a photo ID. You can't get a motel room without a photo ID. And on and on. It's a complete red herring, complete fiction made up 
And it has only one purpose, to make it easier for thieves like Ilhan Omar to steal votes, which the Democrats are, are you know, practiced at. I, I have personal experience of that. I have a relative who's, uh, who's uh, you know, had a swimming accident when he was a kid. And so his brain level, he's like five years old, um, uh-huh. which you can immediately tell by talking to him. Five years old. And uh, he told us that he had voted for Obama. Uh, uh-huh. which, you know, struck us as real. This is in, in, a, in the 2000, whatever it was. 12 2008 election. or 12, yeah. 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 And uh, how is that possible, Michael? Well, the people who ran the, ran the home that he's in a home because he's so mentally crippled. Uh, they told everybody, they told us that uh, if Obama wasn't elected, they were going to take away our home. So the people who run this home marched all 30 or 40 of the, of the retarded residents of the home to the polls and voted. And, of course, the people at the polls said, oh, that's okay. That's legitimate. Hmm. So we need poll watchers. <laughs> we need sleuths, detectives. We need people to be out there preventing the Democrats from stealing the election. That's the big thing. And people should knock on doors and get people to vote. Is uh, David, when it comes to the violence to come, you know, there's going to be violence, right? That's part of the plan is engineering um, either before or after. Matter is, is a criminal, violent criminal organization that Kamala Harris thinks their leaders are brilliant. They're sociopaths is what they are. They hate America. They're in bed with the Chinese communists and with the Islamic Nazis. Um, you know, they signed on uh, to support the boycott movement that the Islamic, I have to call them Nazis, because their goal is the extermination of the Jews, and they say it in so many words. There is right. uh, a saying, one of the sacred texts, of uh, Islam is a statement by Muhammad that the day of redemption will only come when Muslims fight the Jews and kill them, when the Jews hide behind the rocks and the trees, and the rocks and the trees cry out, Oh, Muslim, there's a Jew hiding behind me, come and kill him. That's official Hamas doctrine. Uh, Now, obviously, there's a billion and a half Muslims. They don't all sign on to this. In fact, the majority don't. But the ones who were connected to Linda Sarsour and Rashida Talib and Ilhan Omar and the leaders of Black Lives Matter, Patris uh, Kalors uh, and Alicia Garza, they do. Mm-hmm. Right. And they had a they had a pogrom. I mean, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. They torched. <laughs> five synagogues in uh, in Los Angeles and looted them. Um, and so it's not when I'm I mean, I, this should be on the front pages, but it isn't. But these are yeah. vicious people, and they're very destructive, and they don't give a damn about black lives. It should be pretty obvious they've killed more black people than they even accuse cops of killing in the la- over the summer. They've unleashed the gangbangers in, in the inner cities. 
to murder people, lots of children, too. What is Black Lives Matter care? They're too busy trying to overthrow the government of the United States and set up, turn us into Castro's Cuba. Which that's their 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 icon. If they were a civil rights organization, their icon right. would be Martin Luther King, wouldn't it? But instead, it's Hassan right. Shakur, a convicted cop killer, a member of the Black Liberation Army who executed a cop. She had already shot him. He stopped her for a broken taillight. Uh, she got out of the car, and of course he was unsuspecting, and she shot him. And he's lying wounded on the ground, and she just went over and executed him. He's a 33-year-old guy with a, with a five-year-old child. He's yeah. a terrible, it, terrible people. Yeah. And well, I think um, you know, America is behind them, and Soros, right. and the Ford Foundation, yeah. and uh, LeBron James, all these idiots. <laughs> you know, LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. What's their message? Black people can't exist. They go out in the street. They just get murdered by police. This is a Hitlerian lie. It's as big a lie, you know, as you can imagine. There isn't one Black Lives Matter uh, martyr. They have all these so-called victims who was murdered for being black or murdered. Right. They were all resisting yeah. arrest. Or in the, anyway, yeah. All right, David Horowitz. The, yeah, yeah. David Horowitz. Uh, the book is Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. I've got it. You should get it. Available everywhere. Books are available. Thank you, David, as always, for the help and the clarity. And uh, we got a lot of work to do with just over four weeks left. Thank you. Right. All right. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. A couple weeks ago, you heard us talk to Katherine Engelbrecht on the radio, and then she was on the Eagle Countdown. And that video, by the way, is over at eaglecountdown.com. You can see the video of her, the conversation. It's it's really important uh, what is going on, and even better, and from my standpoint, not for yours, you couldn't be there, was uh, a bunch of us went out to dinner afterwards, and I, there was a moment where, I think I got this right, Catherine, it was you and Sidney Powell sitting next to each other. That's that's two women you don't want to mess with, man. These are these, They know what's going on, and so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and it was really, it was really fun to. Uh, first of all, Sydney Powell is amazing, but so is Catherine Engelbrack, and she's the founder of TrueTheVote.com. Uh, TrueTheVote is the organization. So, welcome back, Catherine. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Ed. Well, it's good to have you, but I'm kind of I'm kind of scared, and so you got to talk me off the ledge and tell me what to do. And that's because I keep talking to people, people I trust. In fact, one of them was General Flynn speaking to Sidney Powell, and he said, "Ed, look, I am looking at this. I see all the signs that what they're going to do, meaning the left, they're going to disrupt the election, they're going to cause real chaos, they're going to intimidate people, et cetera, et cetera." And um, and of course, General Flynn is sort of uh, on the sidelines because of his litigation, which I believe is the design of this deep state swamp but um so i keep hearing people say oh we got these concerns another friend of mine he's just convinced he's up in pennsylvania he said uh the governor up there has said we're going to have ballots that we're not going to worry about the the signature matching what's on file we're just going to count your vote if you send it in i mean and it's just chaos is coming so Catherine engelbeck true the vote has been working hard to get people set up as uh volunteers and poll workers and all how do you feel just uh you know a little bit more than four weeks from the election about where we are uh, it's a mess. 
It's a mess. And look, there's no. <laughs> Come on, you no can't do this in, to me. <laughs> there's, there's no no got, point in gilding the lily. I mean, but here's the thing, right? We're all you know, we're all grownups here. It's a mess, mm-hmm. and we right. it's time to put your boots on, put your waders on, roll up your sleeves, and help your country solve this. That's it. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't watch this from the television, or you know, or feel like we are you know can read the headlines and 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 somehow uh, change things. The way you the way you can change things is pick up the phone or or drive to your local county party office and say, I want to help. Put me in, coach. And you can work mm-hmm. as an election worker. You can work as a poll watcher. You can work helping, uh, depending on your state, review incoming uh, mail-in ballots and signature verifications. Every state's handling this a little bit different. But the main thing I would say is get in the game and bear witness to this. Don't just read it from the, you know, from the cheap seats, get involved because extra hands are what we need most now. Uh, by the way, I might've said true, the vote.com, but I meant true, the vote.org. And if you go there, I'm looking at the way I'm looking at the page that has the mission and the headline, the, the in bold, it says at the top, and I'm, I'm telling my listeners, not you, Catherine, because it's your website, but it says <laughs> the problem, no retreat, no surrender. And then there's this, here's the text. Election law experts have long held that the margin of election fraud is three to 5% near. And then the next sentence, nearly 25% of elections are decided by less than 2%. Most campaigns do not have election integrity programs, so these statistics do not bode well for free and fair elections. Pennsylvania, President Trump won in 20, and again, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what, who you like. I mean, our listeners, I think, are more Trump. But in 2016, the race in Pennsylvania was decided by 40,000 votes. And I don't know what percentage that was of the, of, of the electorate in Pennsylvania, but it wasn't much. And therefore, the point is, the election in states, which is our races are state-based because of the Electoral College, we're facing that. So, all right, now, uh, Catherine, I'm in California. I'm not, but my, a lot of our listeners are in California where it's unlikely you're going to make a difference there, although you might. I should take it all back. Uh, in congressional races, Daryl Ice is running down in San Diego. Some uh, others up there, it matters that this would matter. But um, what do you, when you said pick up the phone, if, if you can't volunteer at a polling place and be a poll watcher, what, what should you be doing with the phone? Who should you be calling? Who should you be raising the alarm bells with? Well, when I said pick up the phone, I actually did mean call your call your oh. county, call your party, call <laughs> okay. a candidate of your choice, and say how can I work. But but that's okay. Um, the next thing you can do, uh, if you're not going to be in a position to work in early election or in ballot review or, or on election day, it is. And then there's there's no other sort of you know hands on effort that you can provide. Then the one thing that we can all do. And and I and I mean what I'm about to suggest. I mean it very sincerely because it is is the most powerful thing we can do. And that is we can pray. We can pray because there is a butterfly effect to praying Uh over the peace and, 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 and safety and security of this process. We have to pray. We have to pray for. Uh, the, those who are going to be involved in the handling of the ballots and in the hearts and minds of those who are going to be voting uh, and in the hearts and minds of those who are seeking to disrupt this process. You, you know, we, it's, this is the time to really know why you believe what you believe and, and, and dig deep because it's a mess. 
Uh, we're talking with Catherine Engelbrecht, and again, the, the website is truethevote.org, and there are lots of action steps. You can go call the county, get trained, report election fraud, uh, support her organization, which is all good. And as you said, that's a good one too. pray. Um, now, back, back, back to the... Um, Back to so do the best case scenario. Uh, so I feel like as we're going into the weekend, I feel better. There's a lots of threats of <laughs> fraud, but but now there's lots of now there's lots of attention on it. I, I've I've often That's said right. to people that w- when I ran the election board in St. Louis, you had to do two things: you had to run it well, which is hard work, but you also had to talk about how you were running it well, so people believed it was worth doing, and they believed there was confidence in the system. So give me the best case scenario where we are. What do you what what could happen if we all put in our time and effort and we we beat this back? What does it look like? Well, I think that, and, and, and by the way, is, uh, I, I believe that that's what's going to happen. I, I mean, look, we're not going to know results on, on November 3rd. I think we need to all come to uh, some, some agreement on that or some awareness around the fact that this is going to be a protracted process. But I think that um, if, if what, what a great outcome would be is if we all, from both sides of the aisle, understand that this process and, and, the, and the extraordinary circumstances surrounding it are going to find our counties under a male mountain, and it's going to take time to process through those and, and, to, and to give it its due time and course to resolve itself while we all are staying, those of us that can volunteer to support the, the various processes doing so, but just to maintain cool heads about working this through. There are some dates certain uh, post-November 3rd that are going to become increasingly important. Uh, and um, we just need to stick together. I mean, we are in mm. uncharted waters right now, and we need to stick together. We need to keep cool heads. And, and, and remember that, that despite what our media sometimes whips us up to believe, there are a lot more people who just want for a free and fair process for everyone and those are the good intentions that we need to sow into. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Catherine Engelbrecht. We'll make sure to put everything up on uh, social media again, truethevote.org. Um, I, oh, I, here's one question. I'm looking back at my notes. Um, in, it, it's getting close to the time where people run out of time to help. And, and if you call your county, they'll say, well, our thing was four weeks. So you, once, you, once you were teaching me, there was sure. generally like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. If you call your county and they say, well, we don't have any um, we don't have any room in the end right now. You know, it's too late. We can't train you, whatever. Is there a way you can get in the system for uh, recounts or anything? Is that a separate kind of question you would be smart to know to ask? Um, potentially it's so, it's so state dependent. What I would say is, and you are exactly right. Time is of the essence. If you go to through the vote, click on the call your County tab, put, pick your County. You're going to see all of the contact information that you need right there. Um, if you do call your County and they say, no room in the end, don't even put the phone down immediately pivot over to our state resources page and dial the number to your political party or to a candidate of your choice all of those links are there you can find all the information you need and call them and say how can i help just try to insert yourself into the process poll watchers can typically be placed up into the day of the election 
Hmm. Okay, good. And one one more thing I do know from my time uh, running the party in Missouri, the Republican Party as the chairman there, you your party can if you're a part, member of the party or you're comfortable with that, you know, you, you can you can often get the party to uh, help. Uh, you know, they have a little more leeway. You might get a bureaucratic answer on one end. And sometimes you say, well, go to your party and say, hey, I want to do this. And they have a different they have a different access point because the last thing Absolutely. you want, if you're the election authority, the last thing you want is to look like you're pushing away uh, any one team's uh, uh, a space. And you know, another one, by the way, I'm sorry to ramble, but if you're a candidate and you have a candidate that you're friendly with, you can say that candidate, can you put me in as a watcher? You may be in a different role, right? You may be not able to be uh, quite in the same way, but at least you got eyes inside. Well, okay. Thank you. I got to run now. I, I did that, filled up my time. Uh, TrueTheVote.org, Catherine Engelbrecht, thank you for all you're doing, and we'll have you back on again very soon. Thanks, Ed. Take care. All right. We'll take a, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast launched by Phyllis Schlafly, who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Upholding that legacy and himself an author, national speaker, and attorney, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The post office was created by the U.S. Constitution and played an important role in American history. But its importance has greatly diminished in recent decades. Tens of millions of Americans have stopped using the Postal Service for receiving and paying bills because the Internet and smartphones are so much more reliable. Now, Democrats want to resurrect the outdated United States Postal Service for a mail-in voting scheme that all but guarantees massive widespread voter fraud. You may remember when lobbies of the nation's post offices were filled with people picking up Social Security checks on the second or third day of each month. You may also remember a lineup of disgruntled senior citizens waiting to see a postal clerk because their government checks didn't arrive on time. All those postal customers disappeared when the federal government switched to electronic delivery of Social Security benefits. Other agencies did the same, distributing food stamps and other welfare benefits by prepaid debit cards. Many other Americans stopped using the post office after they were hit with unexpected late fees because their payments for utilities and credit cards were consistently not delivered promptly. Companies regularly nagged their customers to switch to paperless billing while warning you to allow 7 to 10 days if you insist on paying your bills by mail. If you filed your income tax electronically, as most taxpayers do, you received your $1,200 stimulus payment by direct deposit within a few days after Congress appropriated the money. If you're among the declining number of taxpayers who still file their returns by mail, then you had to wait up to 60 days or more just to receive it. If the IRS, Social Security, welfare, unemployment, utility companies, and banks have abandoned the Postal Service in favor of electronic transactions, why do Democrats insist on using the creaky old Postal Service to conduct something as important as a presidential election? If we're to have a truly fair and free election, we must use the tried and true system of in-person voting. Our elections are far too precious to throw away with mail-in voting. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Ed Martin chronicles 100 times Donald Trump made a promise to the American people and followed through in the new book, Top 100 Trump Promises Made, Promises Kept. For details, please go to phyllisschlafly.com. Find resources and inspiration for this critical time at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Great to be together on another unbelievable weekend uh, back here on a Monday night. So much happening over the weekend. Looking forward to a great week. I remind you uh, that we are going to be on Wednesday doing one of these post-debate breakdowns. Andrea Kay and I will start immediately after the debate ends. Uh, so you can uh, find out more at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and clue in on that on Wednesday night. It's a vice presidential debate. It'll be really fun. I think it's actually going to be really interesting. How does... Um, how does Kim, I think Kamala Harris has to be the the aggressor, and Joe Biden, uh, excuse me, and <laughs> Joe Biden, and uh, and Mike Pence just has this kind of way about him, right? He's just kind of got a a piece, and a, he's just going to be uh, old, reliable uh, Mike Pence, I think. So we'll see. It'll be fun. I had some folks that are working with Mike Pence on his preparations, so they say he's very disciplined and very ready, like you'd expect. Um, so that'll be interesting. All right, let me. Um, I want to highlight this issue. We've talked a lot together about how uh, people need to get involved as poll workers and work in the uh, in the election system. I'm doing that. I hope you are, too. Here's the crazy thing right now and how far we've fallen in this country. Um, the Secretary of State in Colorado um, has, has announced uh, two days ago, I guess it might have been Friday of last week, had a press conference and announced her, her name is Jenna Griswold. And she's requested that the national media not report on any election results on November 3rd. She's used the hashtag press pause. And now I told you this about a, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I said, what you're going to have is the media is going to start saying, oh, yeah, we can't tell who's going to win. And they're going to resist using their tools, which includes exit polling and analyses. Remember, they'd have these these uh, these um, um, uh, special rooms where they're breaking down all the details. And so. It's um, it, it, they're going to now not do any of that, and they're going to allow the media is now working with the Colorado Secretary of State in this case and others to say, oh no no, we're not going to call the election. We'll just we'll let this thing drag on. We'll have the conversation continue. People will be wondering. And as uh, Doctor um, Brett M. Decker, my friend, has said before, I heard him give a speech a few weeks ago. He said it's election day. It's not election week. Election weeks. Election month. November's not election month. No, it's election day. And it is crazy that we have this situation, but here's, here's, here's what I want to underscore. The left is, is really good, very good, at utilizing the people in positions of authority to further their ends. And about 10 years ago, George Soros and his organizations funded an effort to help elect secretaries of state, top election officials in various states. And they've continued the program. It was called the Secretary of State Project. They moved on then to also doing prosecutor, electing prosecutors, which is why there's a, a leftist in Philadelphia and St. Louis and all sorts of places. But they get them in place and then they're shameless. They're shameless about actually using their um, their uh, power to do this, uh, you know, to move this thing ahead, to 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 make this problem get worse and worse, and so now we have a month before the election, the Colorado Secretary of State signaling, okay, what we want the media to do is stand down and don't uh, and don't uh, call the election, no matter what the results are. We'll we'll work together and we'll drag this thing on, and we'll have uncertainty, we'll have people upset, we'll have nervousness. It'll go great for in their mind. That's exactly what they're doing. My prediction to you all is you will see now the same thing happen that has happened in Colorado in other states. 
and you will now see the pattern will be over these weeks and it will be oh yeah we can't call the election it wouldn't be fair we can't call the election and they will be put together in a uh, in this um, effort together they will all be streamed you know kind of one after another and it will become then it will be reported by the media and the media will report it as, oh, yeah, this is really, you know, this makes uh, this is, well, makes a lot of sense. We need to, you know, not do this. We can't go too far. We can't we get too ahead of things. That's what we'll do. And it will not be, um, it will not be uh, a, a single state. It will be a concerted effort together to affect how people uh, are looking at and paying attention to the election. It's a terrible, terrible uh, tradition, a terrible, not tradition, a terrible uh, action by the Colorado Secretary of State and more to come. More to come. And as I've told you over and over again, General Flynn, of all people, said to me, it's all they're going to do all this stuff. They're not they're not trying to win now. They're trying to make sure that they upend America, that they upend America. That's what they're trying to do. That's what's at stake. That's what we should be watching. And that's why if you're a poll worker, good. If you're not a poll worker, try to get signed up still and try to get involved. And I hope, you know, um, I hope we're experiencing something where we have enough of a victory in enough places that you don't have uh, this drag on and have this uncertainty, rioting, uh, people being told that the elections are in doubt. Terrible stuff. All right. Thank you, as always, to our great technical director, Noah, for all of his work. Don't go. You can go to ProAmericaReport.com, by the way, and hear all these interviews and segments again as standalones. Thank you to Joanna for helping book the show, and thank you for listening to the program. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back tomorrow.